Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. As always, we appreciate you sharing your middays with us. We'll be with you until 3 p.m. And we want to hear from you on the text line. Also, as always, 704-570-9610. The number is 704-570-9610. We are fresh off of some ACC hoops from yesterday, where ACC hoops starts 14-0 for the second time ever. And the last time they did it, also kind of recent in the grand scheme of things, the last time they did it was in 2014, so not too long ago. And Wes, I got to tell you, I didn't think they'd be going undefeated after watching Elon get off to the lead that they did in the first half against your Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I thought, well, those eight pros we were talking about, yeah, they might be playing pro, but overseas, because it's not going to be the NBA if you lose to Elon immediately. The Phoenix were hitting everything in the first half, and then they just destroyed Elon in the second half. So I want to know, what was the tale of two halves in the West Bryant household for you? What were your What was your mood? watching them possibly go down in the first half and then taking control once again in the last 20 minutes. Uh, I never worried too much. Uh, Just watching the game, and I had so many games going on last night as far as doing them for the ACC Digital Network where you can see all the highlights and player packages and great plays from last night and every night. But uh, I was sitting there, and I was keeping my eye on things, and um, but I, I never worried too much. I mean, when I saw Elon was up, I did worry for two seconds. Though. I said, "I said, oh wait a minute." I said, "This is not gonna look good if I come in here tomorrow and they <laughs> would have lost to Elon." But they got the job done. I mean, yeah, they did. Um, I really, based off that answer, think you were really just elbows deep in your work. <laughs> yeah, because it was bad in the first half. I was like, "Man, they're gonna lose." I saw Fitty look up over there. I have to call him out because your back is face to Fitty. So sometimes you don't get to see the facial expressions, but you mm-hmm. said that. And Fitty, he popped up like a prairie dog. Yeah. What? What do you think? You were okay in the first half? How are you feeling, Fitty? Because it's not like Carolina. Carolina was battling, too. They were battling. It wasn't as bad as what Wake Forest yeah, they had. They weren't down at home 21 points to a mid-major. No, yeah. but so so how yeah, are you going Coach K hybrid voice there a little bit? Mid-major? I feel like when you say major, you immediately go to the Coach K commercial. What's your major? <laughs> it's, I feel like it kind of got muddied there <laughs> where the impressions there were. But yeah, both your teams at, struggling a little bit early and then and they were able to separate themselves, which often happens with the first game of the season. But no worry, no panic from either one of you, not from Wes, no. you at all fitting in the first half. Look, ACC basketball is the only teams in the state that can claim to have a winning record. Well, I don't know. Wasaya, do the Hurricanes have a winning record in hockey? They do. Okay. They're the only approaching with a winning <laughs> record. I mean, ACC basketball, the only professional or the only basketball teams that have winning records in the state. So 
Um, it was a great first step for Carolina. New look team, new new way of playing. Actually, the old way of playing, but it's new for these players. Right, right, right. So, but it, it was it was a great first step, and uh, unlike Wes. Never, never wavered in my belief. I thought they were going to lose the game. All right, so you, you did have one team and a one fan base that wasn't worried at all. That was Duke beating Dartmouth, ninety-two to fifty-four. They didn't have any trouble at all. First half, forty-two twenty-one. Second half, they scored fifty. There were no problems. Sports there. and shooting the basketball. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Let's talk more about it. Let's pull up to the scene. Let's pull up to campus with the first ACC college basketball weekend, and let's open up the doors and get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! All right, Fiddy, we'll start with your heels. They beat Radford 86-70. to If I were to go to the Four Corners podcast, which Wes has now listened to, by the way. I have. After probably a year, maybe eight months of promising, you took care of that after a while. <laughs> if you want to go to the Four Corners podcast or check out the Heel Tough blog, and you can listen to that podcast right here on WFNZ.com. That's where you can get some access to it. What would I hear Fiddy's observation sound like? Uh, I mean, it's going to be very positive. I thought Carolina looked very good with three new transfers in the starting lineup. Um, Armando Bay kind of established himself as the best player on the court, as he will be most times when he walks on a court this college basketball season. They competed defensively, and more, they just a team that looked more together than they did at any point a year ago. Because a, a year ago, I don't know if Carolina wins the game because they didn't trust each other to make plays when the game would be 56 to 55 with 14 minutes or so to go in the second half. So it was a great. A first step, a great building block to what we're hoping is a bounce back season for the Heels. The Heels had four guys with three assists or more. Elliot Cadeau off of the bench in just 19 minutes played, had six assists, looking like the point guard of the past that is coveted so much by the Heels fan base. And then there's Harrison Ingram. How about that pass cross court? I believe it was to Cormac Ryan knocking down a three in the second half. That really helped him. I told you, Harrison Ingram can't miss as many free throws as he did, only going two of five from the free throw line. Actually hit a couple three-pointers, but I think he's going to be an X factor for what this team can do and what they can unlock. R.J. Davis played a lot of ISO, six of 14 from the field, one of five from three-point range. Not the greatest game from him, but Harrison Ingram watching the ball movement. It was a lot better than what we saw last year. Really liked what I saw from North Carolina for the most part. Um, and we'll see defensively if they're going to play better pick and roll wise with Armando losing some weight and still impacting the game as much as he did. 25 and 13 for him against Radford. What were your main takeaways watching ACC basketball last night? Wes, if you want to start with the heels, that's fine. Or if you want to go over and talk about the Blue Devils, that's also okay. I mean, I thought everybody took care of business last night. I mean, it's not like anybody had any type of uh, super challenging matchup. Like I said, Carolina battled with Radford, but Radford's a pretty good team, if I'm not mistaken. They picked to finish second in their league, so, uh, you know, one of those mid-major teams that have a bunch of guys that have been together for a while, and so they came out to play, and so Carolina uh, got the job done. Like Fiddy said, I thought Bake got looked good as well. Cormac Ryan coming out making plays, but you know I love the freshmen. I love the stars, the freshman stud, so to see Cadeau uh, coming out there doing his thing, uh, as well, had to be promising for the heels, six assists, but only five points. I mean, the Duke game, it was just, this was a team last year that shot 
33% from three. They come out and shoot 41% from three. And we knew with these freshmen that shooting was definitely a point of emphasis. And they got that. Jared McCain was two of four. Tyrese Proctor was two of four. Flip had 25. Very efficient night for him. They looked apart. Uh, shot 64% from the field. And they just made it look easy. The pick and roll with Proctor and Flip, they were just going at it all night. Easy passes, easy dunks for Flip. That's why he was 10 of 12. NC State came out. It looked decent. DJ Burns came out. 16 points. I mean, you want to see more than four rebounds. They had Muhammad Diara came out and got a double-double. 10 points, 14 boards as well. Uh, they got the job done against the Citadel. And then, like I said, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, they came out. And, again, I wasn't too worried. 33 points from Cam Hildreth. Uh, Andrew Carr had 24. Boopy had 17. So, those guys look like in the second half, they got their things together as well. Did any of y'all see how Louisville had to come back and win their game last night against UNBC? That's why this morning <laughs> when I saw, because this was an early bullet point that you put in here, Fiddy, the fact that ACC was 14-0. and I was like, ooh, Louisville squeaked one out then, huh? <laughs> I did not expect them to go 14-0. <laughs> Louisville, boy. I mean, how bad is that basketball it's team? Bad, man. Has it's there really and, bad. and this is a serious question. Uh, a lot of it, yes, is for emphasis on just how bad they are. But can you remember an ACC basketball team as bad as what Louisville has done the last couple of years? I, I guess the very, very early start to this season. Is there one that comes to mind at all? Mid 2010s, Georgia Tech was pretty putrid. Boston College has been bad. Boston College is the only one that I could think of. But if you're out here surviving against <laughs> mid-majors and then losing exhibition games. In a game where Kenny Payne said that he knew it was going to be tough because he said, quote, we're not that talented. You're Louisville basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you're a top 10, 12 program all time. I mean, you're not talented. Yeah, man. If you ain't got talent, then what do you got? <laughs> Bub Carrington last night for Pitt uh, had a triple-double and the second ACC player to have a debut uh, triple-double last night. It shouldn't count, though. Oh, why is that? Because the guy wears long sleeves while playing basketball. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I kind of like the look. Hmm. I kind of like it. Who? There was somebody for Oklahoma that used to do it, and I believe he did it on that his team. His last name was Wooten. Are you sure it was Wooten? I think Wooten? it was Tony Wooten. I think that was his name. I'm so, going to look it up. So the reason that Fiddy was so excited about the last name Wooten is because we've come across the last name Wooten a couple of different times in just the last hour or so. Chandler Wooten hits IR. That's unfortunate. If you don't know who Chandler Wooten is, the linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, who recovered the muffed punt at the very beginning of that game against the Indianapolis Colts over the weekend. Then it got me thinking, wait, how many Wootens are there? There's a Jack Wooten, and I couldn't remember who he played for, but I was like, wait, he was a Tar Heel, right? And then Fiddy said, yes, he was a Tar Heel. And if you're telling me we've come across three different Wootens in just the last hour, then that's going to be probably the only time that ever happens in my entire lifetime. Did you find anything over there, Drum, with your research team? Or are you still looking? <laughs> no, I have not. I, there was a Kenneth Wooten that played at Arizona and Oklahoma State. <laughs> all right. Well, we will give you all the Wooten information as the show goes on. Perhaps you'd be more interested in something else. Woot, there it is. Yeah, Woot, there it is. <laughs> Wooten, there it is. Yes, 100%. We will continue to look at that. And last but not least, I did want to uh, send condol condolences to the Torbush family because we do have um, Carl Torbush who passed away. I believe it was yesterday. Fiddy, what kind of information do you have for us? I know there was a write-up on Heel Tough blog. When, when did this happen and what's some of the more uh, of the information? 
name there. Oh, well, I was getting your your attention because I got the correct name of the dude who wore long sleeves. Willie Warren for Oklahoma. That's right. It was Willie Warren. Okay, and now we come back in an awkward transition to somebody passing away. Carl Torbush, the defensive specialist who succeeded Mac Brown as North Carolina's football coach after Brown's first tenure and then later coached at East Tennessee State. He did die on uh, at the age of 72. East Tennessee State said Monday that Torbush died on Sunday. It did not. They did not provide a cause of death. But RIP to Carl Torbush, and I know that really uh, hurt a lot of people, including Steve Forbes, Wes, who had a really heartfelt message afterwards with their times coinciding even at East Tennessee State, and I believe at Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken, also. Yeah, man, RIP to Carl Torbush. He recruited me and some of my teammates as well, so I knew him a bit. Uh, that was back when I went to the Carolina game when they played Florida State, and I told Peter Wark and them pregame that uh, I was there to watch them. But... <laughs> Other than that, Cartel Bush yeah. was a very nice guy, man. Uh, very cool, man. So, like I said, RIP to him. All right, so some melancholy news there as well. We will move on. We will continue Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It is Second Take Tuesday between the Panthers and the Colts. Coming up next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I got to ask if y'all saw me hanging out with Hugo the Hornet yesterday. Because uh, if you have the opportunity to post up Hugo the Hornet, then you got to do a Big Al style. And so that's what I did when I was at the event Circle K, helping out Dr. Pepper, strawberries and cream yesterday, Midtown. It was a lot of fun. How did that happen? How did you end up getting into a competition with Hugo where you had to post him up? Well, you know what? I had the basketball in the car. And I was like, all right, we have Hugo. I have a basketball. I need to make something work. So I was asking a couple of my buddies, hey, there's a photo op. What do I do? And really, it was just I decided to post them up. And then I love the Big Al post up. It's just so aesthetically pleasing with the one hand keeping the basketball away from the Mm. defender. And there's not any guard that's going to come down and do the mouse in the house, try to tap it away from you because it's just so high. It's my favorite thing ever. So I decided to hit Hugo with that. And then shout out to Miss Alita helping me with what looks like a professionally done photo, yeah. not the one that I put on Twitter, but she sent me one in an email last night that looks like the lighting is professionally done. I don't know how she did it <laughs> in front of a gas station, but she sure did. So I'm thinking about changing my Twitter profile pic for the first time in like seven years. Yes, seven years. I, and it's a big decision to make. Do y'all ever like go back and forth on when you make that kind of decision? I've seen you do it a couple times, Fitty. Change the Twitter profile when you have the Mets gear 
I saw you do it, I think, with the chain around you, um, just like Papa Fitty used to do. So I just feel like it might be about that time because I've had that same one for a really long time. I don't think it's representative of who I am anymore. I like this picture a lot, man. It looks fantastic. You and uh, Hugo are going at it. You've got a look of intensity on your face. Mm -hmm. But I like the left arm, how you're holding it up right there. So what is, are you getting ready to hook him and then get an offensive foul? That's what it looks like to me. No, not no. Okay, see, so see that that's okay. look, man, we got? don't expose yourself as a novice here, Wes. Let me learn you something about how to handle <laughs> okay. it on the post. Okay. What happens okay. is you put that elbow out and then you do a little bit of a chicken wing, but not so hard that it gets the ref's attention. And then you can, can start to get some space because Hugo's also got the stinger. Not only do you have to get around the torso like a normal human defending you, but also that big old abdomen that he's got. Right. So that's different. That's different. You have to account for that when you get the post-entry pass. What you got, Fiddy? This is a change that you need to welcome. I feel like I can say this having known you for four years. Your current Avi doesn't do you a whole lot of favors. I don't know what that means. Are you calling me ugly in that picture? No. Sounds like, like an indirect way of calling me unattractive. You know, you, you called me indirectly fat the other week, so I had to get you back. This one, like, um, you, you look very serious. You know, you look very uh, professional is not a good word, but it would just, it would look better on you. It's, it's your contact photo now on my phone, if that persuades you one way or another. Yeah, and it used to be me looking ridiculous interviewing Grant Leonard, right? Yes. That's right. You look like a confused giraffe in the old photo. Now you look like a serious radio host. What happened to Fitty between walking up to the fishbowl in here? I mean, even in the fishbowl, the mood started to change a little bit, but <laughs> I just got called indirectly, not so indirectly ugly. And then I got told that I look like a confused giraffe. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> well, no, 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 if, no, that was in the bad photo of you. Like when you're sitting there and you're just like. And no one can see what the face I just made. Well, if if you freeze frame it on somebody blinking, <laughs> it might not be the best picture in the world. Anyways, man. By the way, last thing I'll say about Hugo, mascots, incredible at their job. Sure, not everyone, but the NBA mascots, we've talked about how much those guys get yeah, paid I was before. About to say, they get paid to be magnificent. Hey, worth every penny. I'm here for the Skrilla going to the mascots. It's crazy. Hugo's out there. It doesn't matter what demographic walks up, what age group walks up, any joke you throw at him. Remember, the dude can't talk, okay? Hugo, he is not verbal. And so he has to communicate with you through hand gestures, through clowning, through physical acts. And I'm amazed by how these mascots operate, and especially with Hugo, who I think we all agree is one of the best mascots of all time. Queen City legend for sure. I'll be out there with him uh, this coming Monday, so that should be a lot of fun as well. I don't know if I'm going to post them up like you did, but I got to think of something, you know? So I got a triple threat with him as well. Okay. Uh, but I just also had the basketball in the car, and so I had to get that. Yeah, I got two in the car. You know what? I think I think I, I got, got three, three in the car. I think I got four. <laughs> the more I think about it, I got four. I got four. We're done with this conversation. Did you snack? Did no. you get something? That was my question. Did you get get some stuff? Did I get free stuff? Well, Is that, that what you're or did you snack? I mean, I know how we get down on here. I know we get the the slurpees and different stuff like that. So I know you, man. Did you I didn't snack? take a trip in there to get you some? I snack. actually did it. No, I was working the booth. I was hard at work yesterday. I got you. So I got you. you know, no time to play. It was only time to work and post up Hugo and hand out some bottle openers and hand out some cups and get people registered to win some free Hornets tickets. That was what was happening yesterday. Jack writes in. Walker sounds like a bigger fan of Hugo than the Hornets. Hey, man. 
Hugo, it's synonymous. But Hugo was impressive yesterday. And has a ginger wife says BYU mascot is goaded. I don't know about all that. Yeah, I was about to say, how so? Now Nobody other, knows about him outside of Utah. Now, the other one that we could go to down that way is Rocky the Mountain Lion for the Denver Nuggets. I think he gets oh, yes. paid the most. Uh, he's he's a big dog. He is. He's a big cat. Yes. And he deserves every bit of the highest mascot salary that is going his way. It's crazy. Time now to end the mascot conversation and move on to Second Take Tuesday. Wes, what you got for us here as if you, uh, if you want to lead us off with one of the plays that stood out to you watching this Carolina Panthers game against the Indianapolis Colts? Well, I'm just going to look at first and, and, and talk about when the Colts muffed the punt in the first quarter around the 8-10 mark, and I thought that that was a good omen for the Panthers early on in the football game. It's not often that you get a chance to pounce on a punt when teams make a mistake like that and then nothing came of it. And that was kind of an idea that not necessarily you thought the Panthers were going to struggle all day, but when you want to be a good team or ascending to be a good team, you got to take advantage of turnovers. And so that was just a little thing to me that was just like, yeah, you know, just something to kind of remind you that this team still has a, a little bit of a ways to go because a lot of times when you get a muff punt, that gives – that's – such a big momentum play, and I don't know what it is about it, and I guess it's just the, the dull of the moment of the punt, and nobody's really super excited into it like that, and then all of a sudden you get that drop, that muff, and everybody goes crazy from the sideline to the stands, and it normally will propel a team to be able to get some points of some type, and when they weren't able to get that, I just thought that that didn't bode well, and, and so I just felt like they should have taken advantage of that. Yeah, they had, yes, they absolutely should have taken advantage of it, and they didn't. I want to highlight one of the plays. I'll go to the third and da- uh, third and ten play at Indiana's forty-one. So, this is the drive, as you mentioned, after Chandler Wooten recovered the muffed punt. They got all excited. They were going, even Johnny Hecker. Johnny Hecker was with it, man. They finally created a turnover, and they have a chance to put some points up on the board first, and it never happens. They actually pick up a first down on that too after the punt. Chuba Hubbard runs a couple of times, pick ups, picks up nine yards on the first down, picks up two on the next. They got a first down. All they need to do is pick up three more yards, and really you're kicking a field goal. At least you got an attempt 55 yards out for Eddie De Niro. You're hoping that it's going to be money on that opportunity. Here are the next three plays after they pick up the first down. Incomplete pass, incomplete pass, sacked by DeForest Buckner, and that's the play I want to highlight. Wes, when I tell you Bozeman nor Young stood a chance against DeForest Buckner, I mean Bozeman's snap was in the air when Bozeman got beat. <laughs> Incredible play by one of the best defensive tackles in the game, but also we know how bad Bradley Bozeman has been in pass protection. It was a perfect storm of Bryce Young just melting to the ground, not having any chance to throw it. And maybe if you go back... You could see, okay, Bryce has to recognize that his center got beat and has to get rid of the football. But also, we got to account just for human processing time. I mean, okay, when you when your brain tells you, oh, my center did absolutely nothing on this play, I need to get rid of the football. By that time that it registers, 
by that time, you might just be having a fumble because it doesn't seem like you're going to be able to get the football out in time. And so it was really unfortunate, man. He got off the line so fast and no points at all. All he had to do was pick up three to have like a 55-yard attempt for Eddie Pinheiro. But then they're putting. He gets sacked and they have to punt from midfield and they get a big old goose egg after having that punt, after having that turnover. So you're right, Wes. That was a real disappointing situation that took place for Carolina. What's another play you want to roll with? Uh, Another play, I combined a couple of plays and, you know, Miles Sanders much maligned here as far as the fans and, and their opinion of him. And so when you go look at this football game in the third quarter, around the 935 mark miles had two of his better plays here in carolina on the first and 10 uh carolina's 48 he got an 11 yard rush and then a couple of plays later he caught a pass uh from bryce young and went 11 yards as well and so after everything that he's been talking about and and saying how disappointed he is in this play he did average six and a half a carry in this game and 7.3 a catch uh, had around around 60 total yards. And so you kind of looked at that and saw kind of glimpses of what you would want to see from Miles Sanders. I thought those were a couple of positive plays from him. We'll see if he can build on that from there. We know that the snap share is going down, though, like we pointed out on this show. 16 carries for Chuba Hubbard, only six for Miles. But maybe he earned himself some more reps with a couple of the, the plays that he had in this football game. So, you know, trying to take some positives. And I thought that Miles had two of his better plays that he's had since he's put on a Panthers uniform. I totally agree with that. It's not like he exploded and really burst onto the scene by any means. But it was (laughs) Miles Sanders' best performance, I think, as a Carolina Panther. Only six carries, too. So he had to do it with limited opportunities. Six carries for 39 yards. You mentioned the average, had the 11-yard rush, and then even in the passing game, had those three receptions for 20 yards and the 11-yard reception. Five targets. That's what I thought Thomas Brown was going to do as soon as he took over. And he has started to throw the football a little more to the running back. But Chuba's getting involved in the passing game. Four receptions for him. Blackshear once again records a reception for the second straight game. Miles Sanders, 18 snaps. I probably would have taken the over having not looked back on it. If you were just to ask me after first watch, how many snaps do you think he played? The impact felt like more than 18, which it's a baby step, but it's a step nonetheless. And I'll say this last thing on Miles, third highest graded offensive player. There's not a lot of high grades to give. (laughs) It does not mean that he was looking like prime Adrian Peterson by any means. But with an offense that looks so terrible, with a running back in Miles Sanders that has not looked good, I'll take any positive step that we can take. All right. Third and seven at Carolina seven. This was the play that sets up the Indianapolis field goal to put them on the board first. So Gardner Minshew, it's a pass incomplete short right. Michael Pittman penalty actually set them back five yards to get them seven yards out, or else it would have been a third and two situation. Perhaps you just hand it off to Jonathan Taylor. Lord knows the Panthers rushing defense has not been good this year. So maybe there's an actual offensive touchdown on the board rather than a defensive touchdown on the board to help the Indianapolis Colts out in this one. I just thought coverage did a nice job on this third and seven. So Gardner Minshew, he rolls out. Minshew is good enough with his feet to where he can pick up maybe those seven yards needed for the touchdown. I just thought everybody took a good angle. Brian Burns, Derek Brown, linebackers, and it felt a little like a a coverage incompletion, if that makes sense, or a coverage throwaway, where the defensive line was starting to bear down. And speaking of just melting to the ground, Garner just forgets how to football. 
he just forgets how to walk. But oh god, Brian Burns, throw it away. And completely done. Field goal instead of a touchdown for the Colts. But coverage, everybody on the back end, defensive line not giving up on the play. I thought that was a nice job. And overall, man, this is a Panthers defense that did their job. This is a Panthers defense that without a Xavier Woods penalty that shouldn't have been called wouldn't have given up a touchdown in this game that did lead to a Jonathan Taylor score but if that wasn't called and neither of us think it should have been called then you're only talking about them giving up what like six points and that's it the rest of the points they score coming on the defensive end thanks to Kenny Moore I just thought they did a nice job that's the play I chose to highlight all right so then I'm also going to go over to Bryce's best throw uh, as a Panther and I'm not talking about you know last week when he threw the ball to Mingo it was a nice throw for sure, and he got some air yards on it, but Mingo did a lot of work with the catch and run, but the throw that he had in the fourth quarter, top of the fourth, uh, it was a third and 11, throws it to Hayden Hurst and got 48 yards of that. You looked at the formation, you had the trips right, uh, one receiver to the left side, had the back in the backfield, very Rams-esque. A lot of people talked about that with Thomas Brown coming over here and the, the Rams and what they like to do with bunch formations and being able to confuse the defense. And they were able to run, uh, I forget which receiver was running underneath on the route to the flat. And then Hunter Hurst came over the top of him. Hayden Hurst came over the top of him. And then Bryce threw a dive in there. And of course that was before calamity. Uh, <laughs> not long after that, he would throw a pick six, but uh, that throw that he had to Hayden Hurst, I thought was an an excellent pass. And I thought to myself, you know, is this a glimpse of the future? If they're able to get the proper personnel in at the skill positions, this type of stuff that you could expect to see on a regular basis from Bryce. Yeah, that Hayden Hurst throw, it, it shows you that if a guy is open and has enough separation, that you can trust Bryce Young. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but if you go back and look at the interceptions, if we just want to talk about those for a moment, those were awful decision interceptions and bad mechanics too and usually we don't see that from Bryce Young I don't feel like we see the bad decision interceptions happen in the first game that he played but again it's the first game that he played and it happened against Jesse Bates who's a really smart defender taking advantage of a rookie quarterback cheating up at the line of scrimmage not playing back because the deep passing attack it just wasn't there to be found so here a couple of running back passes where he panics throws it to the right side Kenny Moore cuts that off And then this one that you're talking about after the Hayden Hurst reception that he hit him in stride. And if you're, he was open, but it's not like he was DJ Chark open. Andy Dalton hit in week three against Seattle. He wasn't that open and he hits him in stride. So I thought that was a good throw. This interception, man, he sees the defensive lineman and then decides to try to lead Miles Sanders way too much and then airmails it to where Sanders had no shot, no shot at bringing that in. It goes right to Kenny, and then there's another pick six. And so those were bad interceptions for sure. Hopefully we don't see that from Bryce Young on Thursday night against the Chicago Bears. you have any more plays before we move on, or are you good with second take Tuesday? Uh, I mean, we could keep going. You know, I've always got more plays. I think one thing, though, at the end was just seeing um, not necessarily a play, but, uh, you know, when you saw Brian Burns walk off with the concussion, that was just insult to injury at the end of this football game. You already have a very disappointing uh, 
game going on, and then you see uh, arguably your best defender walking off and hurt with the concussion, and I was just like, man, the Panthers are just going through it. Yeah, Brian Burns <laughs> essentially ruled out by Frank Reich yesterday. If you look at Joe Person's Twitter account, listen to what Frank Reich had to say at the podium. We'll talk a little more about the impact of his absence later on on Wes and Walker. But now we need to move on to the first Fitty Flash of the day right after Second Take Tuesday. What you got for us, Fitty? I'm sure by now that everyone knows the news that uh, Blake Martinez is coming out of football retirement to play for the Carolina Panthers. Do you know what led him to come out of his retirement at all? I yes, do. <laughs> I do know, but let the people know, Fiddy. Inform the listeners. So, as we know, the, the card business has gotten very popular. I think pretty much since like the pandemic, the card business really came back to life. But we're not talking about sports cards for Blake Martinez. This man retired to pursue the business of his Pokemon trading card system, and uh, he has now been banned for scamming people out of fake Pokemon cards. On a scale of 1 to 10... Where does this fall on the most ridiculous sports adjacent stories you've ever been a part of? Um, it's got to be like around an eight or something like that <laughs> because it just continued with the thing. And it's like, in this town, can we get anybody, <laughs> anybody that comes here that doesn't have some type of checkered pass, some type of, I mean, scamming Pokemon cards. And yeah, come on down to Charlotte, man. You can join the fray down here. This man made over $6 million after deciding to start his own business selling Pokemon and sports trading cards, and it was called Blake's Breaks. He sold his stuff on the site Whatnot, an online social marketplace that allows users to sell products to each other, and then he was permanently removed from the site after <laughs> what Fitty told us, that he was actually scamming a lot of the buyers for Pokemon cards. I, I mean, come on. I do think it's down. At least the sports card business is down. But you're right. At the beginning of the pandemic, people were wanting to collect, wanting to do something. And it was booming. The card business was booming like no other. I didn't realize the Pokemon card still had it like that. I wonder if it's just like the original 150. I'll tell you this, though. Loved me some Pokemon back in the day. Really? See, I was see, I was a Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Was not a Yu-Gi-Oh. Got out of the game kind of by then. I had some friends that were Yu-Gi-Oh fans. But when I was a kid, you're talking about like five years old to nine, ten. Yeah, man. Big old Pokemon fan. You had the cards. Did you do Pokemon Go when that came out? Get I, people robbed. I, I absolutely. Get the hell beat out of them. Um, none of that happened to me, <laughs> nor did I do that to anybody. But so I, you played the game? I did play the game. Oh. And then, like everybody else, dropped it after however long. But yeah. it was crazy hot. I needed to hop it on was, it. It was, man. I played it. It was big. I was. I was scratching like Tyrone Biggums for some of those Pokemon. <laughs> Y'all got any of those Pikachus out there? So oh, like, my God. Did right. you ever get up and do something like suddenly you was like, oh, snap, there's a Pokemon around the corner on... 10th Street. There were times where you had to be rude at the dinner table, especially if you were out where there was a, a popular place. The more people, the rarer the Pokemon. And so you're damn right I'm taking my phone out and checking if there's anything legendary out there. That's what's up. I had to. I love it. But only after like two months, and then I stopped playing. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's discuss the Charlotte Hornets. How important is it for the Hornets that LaMelo have a strong year? And ESPN just dropped a new ranking list. We give you Rank Radio. Where does LaMelo rank among all of the players under 25 years old? It's coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Started off with some mascot talk. Mascots gets people going. We'll go back to the text line. Has a ginger wife texted in. Wait, you got to give more love to the BYU mascot. And then said, he jumps through fire and bleep, bro. (laughs) And I just thought that text was hilarious because you're right. We were a little disrespectful. If he jumps through fire and bleep, then we were a little dismissive of the BYU mascot. And for that, I apologize. Wolfpack James says, you're not going to confuse Rocky for a bear. That's true. If we want to compare him to Sir Purr. If Chosen Anderson, a.k.a. Robbie Anderson, saw Rocky the Mountain Lion, I don't think you would ask, what's that bear doing? Which then gets me asking, I think we've done this before, how much how much respect does Sir Purr get around these parts? Do we like Sir Purr as Panthers fans? That's a good question, and I think a lot of it obviously is tied to the success of the team. I think, But even if that... Even at the height of their powers, I just wonder if Sir Purr had the cachet that Hugo did. I don't I don't think so because he doesn't have some of those iconic moments like winning. Because Hugo's won stuff. He's won multiple dunk contests. I mean, he went three <laughs> years in a yeah. row doing that. Uh, he's got the alter ego. So there's a lot going on with Hugo that people like and also think because the Hornets were our first major mm-hmm. franchise in the city that also vaulted him. But I think just Hugo, man, he's just a different type of cat. Surpar is cool, but I think, you know, Hugo, as I said, he has the multiple different variations of him and all that type of stuff. I don't, I don't think there's any contest on who is cooler. Yeah. Hugo is the guy, and that's true from the text line that we got people writing in. You can clown the franchise if you want. The Panthers, as a franchise, have won lots more than what the Charlotte Hornets have. But the mascot, you're right about. And I actually went to Panthers.com, and I didn't even realize they had this. But they actually have Sir Purr's personal stats. Oh. They have that. Do you want me to read them to you? Let's do it. I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. His number is double zero. His position is mascot. <laughs> His height is taller than most cats. Mm, kind of like that. Wait. That's personal. (laughs) Benny, don't act like you wouldn't have said that. You would have said that all day. This is very real. Oh, we're not done. I've got more personal stats. Hometown, Paul Creek, North Carolina. Oh, wow. I like that one. I like that. His vacation spot, Pauly's Island, South Carolina. And his major, (laughs) performing arts. (laughs) Listen, Hugo's keeping it all the way Carolina. You don't want. Keeping it all the way Carolina. 
you thought I was done with this bit. I'm not. I'm oh, going to continue to keep going. I'm I mean, do, keep... do, you, do, you, do you have his HVAC stats where he helps change uh, heat and air units out? Oh, yeah. Hugo does have a part-time job. That's right. No, Sir Purr has a part-time job. His, his speed in a forklift is a 16.3 miles per hour maximum. <laughs> Sir Purr also, the league-leading average of 451 hugs per appearance. This is true. I'm telling you. This is on Panthers.com. The cat stats. League leading average of 451 hugs per appearance, sometimes delivering more than one hug to the same person. His belly shake record is 331 times in a minute. I'm a fan of the Sir Per belly shake. I'm yeah, not I was about lie. to say, that's his signature move. That's something that he has over Hugo. Hugo does not have a signature move. Sir Per does. Yeah, the belly shake is sweet. I like that, Sir Per. You're starting to grow on me a little bit. He averages over 7 million smiles annually. I'd like to see the evidence on this. I just, I just want to see the evidence. But is I'm he not naturally gonna... smiling though? Well, he averages, I think, seven. Mi- uh, well, he's he's always smiling. So honestly, if we just wanted to do it at a per second basis, then it's a hundred percent. A per second basis. Oh, we got to keep going with the per pies. <laughs> and this is the last one, and I promise you, he consumes six and a half gallons of milk each day. Man, that is wow. A, yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, that's a big cat, so that's how you get there, drinking that kind of milk. That is a big cat. All right, yeah. we were going to talk about LaMelo Ball, but I did have a couple of other texts about mascots that I wanted to get to. 704 said, yeah, Hugo the Hornet is also a 90s fashion icon. Big Cat Dan. Big Cat Dan. I, I figured he would like him. Yeah, if Sir Purr had a variation, it would be dope. That's your boy, Big Cat Dan. Y'all are both some big cats. Thought you might like Sir Purr a little bit more. We also have a former mascot that's texted in the show. This 813 number was a mascot for Portland State. Is that right? What is the pilots? Is that no, is it the Portland pilots? Yeah, it's Portland's the pilots. That's what I was thinking, too. All right, we got to look it up. Drum. Drum! <laughs> Get on. Back, Wes. Uh, DJ Skinner. Hugo was the OG. Bebop from Rock Thrill. Portland and the- State's the Vikings. The Vikings. Mm. Okay, the Vikings. Uh, yeah, I'll skip over that text. Uh, scrolling, scrolling. 813 said Chubby is better than Sir Purr. I like Chubby. I do. Chubby Checker, huh? Um, yeah, no, I can't put Chubby over over Sir Purr, but Chubby's dope. Uh, no, but but see, I didn't hear that same conviction from you when we talked about Sir Purr. It wasn't a question from you, Wes. I'm just telling We can go back in, on the tape. You said, uh, Sir Purr's kind of cool. But when I asked you about Chubby, you said, Chubby's dope. Okay. Yeah, all right. You're getting the inflections in my voice. But I'm still going <laughs> to give Sir Purr the nod. The NFL over minor league hockey. I'm going to give him the nod. That, that's fine. That's fine. We can do that. All right. So, yeah, we got a couple of other Yeah, people are telling us that it's the Vikings. Uh, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah, Mike B says, Sir Purr was voted the best mascot one year. As fans, we love him. And that's 100%. Yeah, I like Sir Purr, too. I just wanted to see what the fans' reaction was to Sir Purr compared to Hugo because Hugo does feel like an icon. So we had a whole segment on mascots. Today. That he is. I mean, listen, sports-related, that's the teams in the city, and, and nobody's going to slander mm-hmm. uh, the mascots, especially not Hugo. All right, I apologize to the listeners, also Jeff Rickard, for having a whole segment on mascots and not pleasing the tease about LaMelo Ball. We shall get to that list, though. I promise you we're going to get to that list at some point today. If my life depends on it, maybe not. All right, 1 p.m., <laughs> we're going to go to the Campus Corner coming up next. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.